Pineapple Express, Silence of the Lambs, Chicken Run, Big Fish. Big Fish, yeah, with the fish. Uh, must be the fish one. Shark Tail. No, who's <laughs> eating the shark? Sorry. I mean, uh, uh, Crocodile Dundee, yeah. Kangaroo Jack. Sure, if you want to eat yeah, all the endangered species, Octopus Teacher. Your holiday was outrageous. Outrageous. What do you mean? Uh, sun-kissed, sun-kissed pool in Greece. And, uh, be, you know, nice. the, the photography and the look of your family holiday looked so unrealistically good. I was like, this is like fire Festival. What's it he hiding? To be wrong. I think I if I flew out to find corner. you, you'd be in like you'd be stacking the chairs on a beachfront in Greece, being like, "Oh no, I'm actually on holiday." Just sell do fake sunglasses on the beach, like Army Hammer. You'll be selling timeshares <laughs> in the Cayman Islands. I would say that it is. Uh, I was in Naxos, Greece, a very quiet island, mm. and it was uh, it was so easy to shoot that there was nowhere I could point my camera that it didn't look very nice. Yeah, so that yeah was, I know, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, I get it, it was very very nice. Yeah, I get it. It was. I felt very at peace there. Unlike here with all these sort of social media reality is a film, you know, it's all very stimulating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's this, you know, the fluorescent light and these mics and these cables, it's all numbers and ones and yeah. it's high, high energy stuff. And I it was Naxos, nice there's like what even is a film? I don't know what a film is. Genuinely. Anymore. It's just I, me, I and, me and the elements. Not that I went everywhere in Naxos, I don't think there was a cinema there. If there is, it was like a very small sort of I, I just don't think there's Some a guy there. pulls down a projector on the back of a jeep. I reckon if you want to go see like a big, if you want to go see Avengers, you've got to go to Mykonos, I bet. You have to get on a boat for that. Yes. Oh, yes. That's a we flew from Mykonos. And how, what's the, what's the boat ride to Mykonos time-wise? Um, on the ferry, it was about 45 minutes to an hour, depending on the trop of the seas. Oh, God, sorry. Oh, that was Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury? Yeah. <laughs> we just had Freddie Mercury. Um, if you're, and how regularly does this ferry run? Uh, so that's the thing. That's the problem with going to on an island. The ferry, ferry it's island, you know, it's island schedule. Mm. So they're very regularly like, oh, your 10.30 a.m. ferry, actually, that's now coming at 11.15, so which means 11.40. If you happen to be a Greek budding Avengers fan. If you're listening. Uh, I used Avengers as like a big film that would sure, be put, put even everywhere. whatever, you yeah. know, and you want to go and see a cinema and you live on Naxos and you've had, you've done your day's work and you want to, mm. you want to enjoy <laughs> And the sunset, it's, it's beautiful, but you want to be inside. You think like a commute to Reading is hard when your film finishes at quarter to 11. Imagine yeah. if you got a, maybe, maybe you're an island hopper and you have your own boat. But then again, going out at sea at night, not advised. No, that's true. Yeah, what happened? Oh, what happened to Tony? Sorry, I need a more Greek name than that. What happened to... Stavros, um, he <laughs> he went out. He went out to see. Went to go see Avengers. Yeah, and he never came back. You know, because he saw it for this year. He got he had to he find had out to what happened. We don't know if he saw it yeah. there. We don't know if he made it there. If he, came, he saw it and came back, yeah. but yeah, no, or dashed, or, or dashed in, on the rocks. We don't know if he ended up in Paros or Ithaca. Or we just we don't know. And like you know, meanwhile it cuts and he's like emaciated in the boat yeah. with a beard and the seagulls yeah. all around. He like stumbles across a ferry and he gets repopulated and yeah. reintroduced to society somewhere else. And he discovers yeah. like all the cinemas ever. He's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm never going home. Yeah. <laughs> Stavros, um, is that you? Mm, sorry. <laughs> it's very hot today. It's re- it's muggy. Really it's, muggy. It's the same temperature indoors as it is outside. I'm not, outside. Just not built for it. I'm you already out moist. Mm. Yeah, wait till we get talking yeah. about Little Mermaid. The, the, the mermaid. Oh, <laughs> yeah. the moisture. Oh, dear. <laughs> yes, we will be talking about The Little Mermaid today. Because... Welcome to episode 80. Oh, 88 zero. We're in the 80s. We're, in the, we're an octogenarian podcast yes. now. Um, any octogenarians listening, please... Right in. Yeah. I like to I love we're breaking that demographic. For reaching 80, but apparently you're already special as a podcast if you reach episode like 20. Yeah. That's I cool. hear it's like that's to, to be considered, to be in like the top 93% of podcasts, you just need to make it past episode 20. So we're plateauing now. We're basically like, yeah, we're through. We're, we're, we're near <laughs> we're the already. top. We're 80 is bronze, 90 is silver, and maybe 100 is gold. Uh, based on what? I thought you were going for Jubilees, and I was like, I don't think that's true. Olympics, I think. Just sort of, sort of yeah. Olympic podiums. I'm just sort of like AA star. Yeah. yeah. And 70 was like the, the applause. I'd say we're approaching an A star. 
from when we were doing our GCSEs. They don't even do those anymore, do they? they ones and yeah, you get, no, you get nine. nine. Oh no, you get ten. So much showing your age. I, I I had to spend the weekend. Not had to spend the weekend. It was perfectly nice. I was at a wedding, and there was I spent a lot of time with two eighteen-year-olds, and oh, I yeah. never felt older. <laughs> yeah. Then I mean, we have some eighteen-year-old listeners. Welcome, join yeah, us. Yes. But but um, in terms of trying to, eighty percent of you are eighteen to thirty-nine. Eighty <laughs> percent. Hello, the eighty percent on yeah. episode eighty, and I was just like, "Oh, I'm um, older than you." You find yourself defaulting into adult speak, yes, like dad language. And you're like, "Oh no," and, was, and I was like, oh, "What's what's that you're doing there on your on your phone?" And I was like, mm. "Don't, George, don't you do you hear the grey hairs forming on your head?" I had someone at work, like someone I worked with, who was I think twenty two refer to me as like well you know in like from your generation mm. and i really like still consider myself at you know the start of the new workforce the young nope. you're right. and no and you're i was not, like, not I, I, I nearly like my mind vomits yeah. everywhere in my brain thinking that like you're considered like an older part and like, oh yeah well that's typical for like you guys to be thinking that it's like in 2001 i also just want to say like, fuck off yeah fuck <laughs> off mate it's like in 2001 where they are the person looking down the corridor and you're the old yeah. man looking back. Yeah. And they're like, oh, as soon as it's them. Yeah. And they're looking back and they're like, oh. It's really because like, we're turning, you and I are turning 29 soon, which yeah. means that yeah. and soon we'll be thinking about our 30. Uh, yeah, it's very scary. I mean, it's I'm not as scared about my 30s as I was when I was no. 25. I feel, I feel mournful of a year and a half to two years I lost of my 20s due to COVID. R.I.P. Can't we ask to talk about COVID? Yeah, we do a film podcast, and I did watch a lot of films in that time. So, yeah, you know, on balance, uh, it wasn't that bad. But I agree that there are you, you suddenly go, oh, 29. So uh, I think I had something weird happen to me where you know, uh, I think when you're on holiday, sometimes you'll mm. you'll get this compulsion to like you'll get an impulsive craving for another food because you've maybe like had one type of cuisine. You're like, oh my god, I need to have this. Yes, and and this really your, weird. Your, your fabulous food was just too fabulous. You <laughs> just wanted crisps. And I, uh, I, I was on my plane and I had a nap on my plane home from Greece. And I just, I woke up with this feel. Like my eyes opened and I was like, oh my god, I need to have like sushi. <laughs> why? It was occupying my mind, occupying my mind. I'm like, why can't I let go of this idea? And I'm like going through passport patrol. And I'm like, why am I still thinking about sushi? It's come from nowhere. I didn't dream about sushi. And I was like, I must have just got inceptioned on the plane. Like it must be really important really? for yeah. some corporate bigwig that James has sushi yeah. like the day he gets off his plane. <laughs> and, I, and there was no explanation. I just, my eyes opened. I was like, oh God, I crave like soy sauce <laughs> and raw fish. Welcome to your brain sponsored by Yo Sushi. Sponsored by Yo Sushi. Brands <laughs> now sponsor your brain. And your with thoughts. this new pack of wasabi, yeah. I could enjoy it all the more. <laughs> I was like, did you, did you satisfy? I imagine you like getting to see the first Give me all the nigiri you've got. <laughs> no, don't fill in it. Just give me the salmon. <laughs> That's not even sushi grade tuna. Spraying soy sauce <laughs> yeah. into your mouth. Like, ah. yeah. I, I assume everyone around me was in on it. And, you know, I was the Killian Murphy of, and I went mm. like five layers deep into my own subconscious. And the pieces of sushi that you would have eaten would have been strategically planned. Yes. The right levels of, I don't know, mercury in them. I so. would have had my own security at different layers. Like stopping the infiltrators from planting the idea to have sushi. I it wouldn't have been obvious to me. It would be like, it's not because I want sushi, it's because I don't want my father to think that I was disappointed in trying oh, well, to be him, therefore sushi. I don't think my defense would be that That's good. I think, I think my brain would be too talkative. Oh, hey, new guys. Hey, what you doing yeah, here? Yeah. We just wanted to go a couple of levels deep. Crack on, man. We haven't been able to figure yeah. that out for years. Leonardo what? DiCaprio, you uh, lived out here. Hey, <laughs> and you brought a train. <laughs> Whoa, okay. It wasn't a lot of mess. So that's what I, I, I Let's go skiing. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> It'd be fun. <laughs> Tom Hardy, I don't know what you're doing, but yeah. it looks very important. <laughs> <laughs> you're blowing stuff up and you just seem to be skiing everywhere without a ski lift. It's very impressive. <laughs> Joseph Gordon. And I haven't seen you in years. Yeah. Where are you? Why do you keep explaining everything? <laughs> Welcome to episode 80 of Pop Kitchen. We'll now be reviewing The Little Mermaid. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, yeah, got home, like, sort of five, six-ish, ate some sushi, 
realized, start, looked at, realized we're recording tomorrow, looked at film screenings, like got to see something, saw, I mean, I wouldn't have gone to see The Little Mermaid without Pop Kitchen, but such is, such is the thing I have to do. Love that I have to do that. I saw so a screening. It's a chore we happily do. It's a chore we happily do. And I saw a screening for like pretty close to the line. I was like, well, if I inhale this food and I quickly get on my bike, I bet I'll skip, you know, the trailers and I'll just make it to see a screening of The Little Mermaid. And I was right, like I, I got there and I was ju- just just right. So I'd missed ads and trailers. And I came in when you see like BBFC. Oh, that is the beginning of the film. Really yeah. like sort of nailed yeah. it. I was like, okay, well, I did a bit of like running time math. You're one of those people. Cause there's all, every single film I go to, Someone comes in at that point. Well, I'm, I'm usually on time. Yeah, I know. This that. is yeah, rare. Yeah, that's but true. I was one Except of those. Except when you're trying to buy ice cream before worst person. Except in the world. that, which yeah, had the short yes, shorted ad, <laughs> ad sequence. This I was praying would be like the standards of 25, 30 yeah. minutes. So I walk into my screening and there's, you know, it's it's a little mermaid screening. So we got lots of kids in there. Fair I'm enough. not really like looking, but actually on my row is a woman who's sort of like my age, which I'm slightly comforted about. It's not just like a strange man in it who's 28 with a bunch of families sure. to see Little Mermaid on a Sunday <laughs> night. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm normal. And she uh, is also just looking normal like me. And then I start the first... It took me about 30 seconds to realize I'm watching the film and, you know, uh, Prince Eric's doing something on a ship. And I'm like, this is very blurry. And I'm like, is this like an effect? And I'm like, oh, this is a 3D film. And I look at the woman next to me who's rubbing her eyes, looking up at the screen. <laughs> like a cartoon. And I'm like, we she's like, and I, I, I go like, is this a 3D movie? And she's like, I don't know. And I'm like, I think it's a 3D movie. So now I've had to get up out of my seat, go back outside. By the way, on my ticket, it does not say the Little Mermaid brackets 3D. Which it normally does. Which it normally does. And on my on the online, it doesn't say Little Mermaid brackets 3D. Oh, and also, it's not the 20, early 2010s. That's a refundable offence, that is. Right? And it's not the early 2010s. Like, yeah. we don't... Do 3D We anymore. don't just... It was Avatar 2, which is its own, yeah. you know, massive gravitational yeah. thing. That, it's that. No other films, as far as the... Like, even the Marvels and Disneys are doing 3D. So I was really completely blindsided. I had to go back out to reception, say, hi, I'm in a 3D movie. Can I get some 3D glasses? And they were like, oh, yeah, sure. And then, like, casually... And then... So I then see the other. I've missed the first. Did you get some for the woman as well? I did. I did. I got got some. I I missed the first three minutes. Prince Eric's doing something on a boat, and I want to sort of, you know, uh, annoyingly aside this to my impression of the film. But you know, I'm blindsided by the fact it's 3D. You had like what I had with After Sun. You're like, well, I've missed the beginning now. I I I wasn't so concerned about missing the beginning of a little mummy. I'm sure I know this story, and I'll catch up. I was just trying to find links, but sure. (laughs) Yeah, just trying to have a podcast with you. No, I've got into this point, and I've got my 3D glasses now. And you know, by the time I sat back with glasses on the camera went down into the water and like start, you know, like there's something, right. Prince Eric's doing something on a prologue. boat. I missed the prologue. And then we go down and I must dun, dun, say, dun, 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 and I know I'm not the first person to say this, it was a really bad 3D presentation. Wow. And I, I, and it's not just because I've forgotten, uh, it was everything that was bad about 3D. So like it's a very dark experience and at lots of parts of the shot were not correctly calibrated so like even with the glasses on i can still see out of sync shots oh, especially no. in sort of like the the, the back frames of, of the image it really didn't feel like it was done properly and and so this film is live action but with heavy cg and ele- uh, cg elements yeah. right so there's cg fish and whatnot and under the water it's very cg and usually typically when a 3d movie has been animated or cg it actually does a lot better with 3d because you're not dealing with lenses and genuine sure. depth of field and like sort of out of focus elements, you, you can literally plan how much depth you want to add. And I just found it really didn't look good at all. And you know, I don't want to sort of, you know, put no, the quality of this film against yeah. the 3D presentation I accidentally stumbled into and didn't have glasses for. But I really sort of sort of thought this is not This is why we don't have 3D much. This anymore. Is why I was like, thank God we've only done this. And coming off of Avatar The Way of the Water, which, you know, despite it being an, an, an ironically unimaginative film, it actually, its 3D was quite well done. Yeah, it's a bit overstimulating for over three hours, yeah. but like it was well, it, it worked, yeah. and the depth was at least, if not whereas, slightly nauseating, correct. Yeah. Whereas I didn't find this correct, and it was very irritating. Like a, a cynical industrial move, just to be like, well, let's just make it let's 3D. Make it 3D, 3D, I why, guess. But, I don't know if it was shot in 3D. I don't know if it's done after the fact, but I found myself taking breaks oh, when gosh. there were the less depth scenes. So, like, look, I, whether or not that informs my impression of the film. 
it's a bit of a chaotic start, but okay. I just couldn't help but mention, like, please, can we get rid of this as a default setting? Yeah, I I, which chosen. I thought we had. Maybe that was the last grasp. I should say at this point, Little Mermaid, never seen it. Oh, okay. Never right. seen Little Mermaid, don't know the story, really. I oh, know, okay. I've been on the ride at Disney World, and I know the <laughs> Under the Sea song, I yep. think. Part and of that I, world. Wish uh, I could wish be. Wish I could be. Yeah. Heart of that world. Yeah, that, I know that. Surprised and you didn't get cast. Uh, <laughs> thank you um, and a little starfish on I think do you know what I think yeah a little starfish bra underneath my shirt just ready to go yeah. I remember seeing bits of it basically I remember at school sorry James tangent from your no, review that you would it's the only film we've got flesh out uh, you would when you finish school and you wait for your parents to pick you up you'd go in like the big sort of com- like, not common room it's a big like it's where you'd have assembly and they'd sit you down there while you wait for your parents. This is like June, primary school. <laughs> yeah, I'm like six, right? Yeah. And they put they'd have a TV on just showing Disney films every day. Yeah. And I remember seeing that that's the only time I've seen The Little Mermaid. And right. I just remember a bit where she is on land by this point and she mm-hmm. combs her hair with a fork because yes. she knows what she does there. Yeah. That's what I remember. That's back in this. So tell me, well, could you tell me what it is? Well, well, I, I think people also growing up have like, uh, usually people have seen most Disney films, but people have like their ones that they yes. like rewatched endlessly. I'd seen Little Mermaid maybe like twice in my life. 20 plus years ago but it wasn't one of mine like I really would rewatch like Hercules and Aladdin mm, and like okay. Sword in the Stone oh, and really? yeah, yeah I was never into any no, so I'd have mine but like Little Mermaid wasn't in my like you know it's one of the more princessy ones maybe because you were being, a boy I, being, for being really you gendered. were a boy and they were after girls but and this is also another release of Disney remaking all of their films in yep. sort of live action and I've always sort of found them to be slightly mixed results i think they often feel a little bit safe if slightly unaffected to me like they sort of come in and out and i I can't say i really remember them that much and i feel slightly some are great some are not some are great i feel slightly cynical towards you know the whole corporate let's just repackage the story everyone knows it's the most safe option at the cinema and re-give it to people in a slightly different format because we can i I, saw i I go into this a little bit like okay i guess you are remaking little mermaid but little mermaid is a classic disney fairy tale that was a cartoon originally and it stars a mermaid called ariel played by halle bailey who longs to wonder what it's like part of that world to be part of that world much to the uh apprehension of her father king triton played by javier bardem who is incredibly mistrusting of those on the surface because of an implied problem that happened with their mother um and who is uh, a swashbuckling sailor with a very loose uh linen puffy shirt is Prince Eric played by Jonah King who I don't think I've seen in anything but I enjoyed him in this and he uh, through some sort of calamity up top is part of a shipwreck and falls to the ocean and Ariel just happens to be swimming by and saves him and he then becomes obsessed with the fact that he was saved with the mum he's like I simply must find the woman that saved me and um she gets into a huge argument with her dad, being like, why did you? Why were you in contact with the humans? You should have let him drown. And who is listening in but Ursula, played yes. by Melissa McCarthy, who's sort of like an octopus witch of the dark arts, brother of King Triton, which I don't know if I remember from the cartoon oh, okay. being a thing, but that was interesting. Family drama. Yeah. And she, uh, with sort of potions and things, makes an offer, says, hey, look, why don't you go up to, uh, to the surface? Well, I'll give yeah. you legs. And you, if you are able to uh, have a true love's kiss, you can stay up there. Okay. Right? What does she get out of this deal? Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Well, sorry. I mean, like, yeah. read the small print, But Ariel. the catch is, uh, Ariel, who has this beautiful singing voice, like a, a siren song, right. she says, but you have to do it without your voice. And what Ariel didn't know was that she wouldn't be able to speak. So she'd have to convince Prince, or anyone, Prince Eric in particular, yeah. to fall in love with her, to give her true love's kiss, before three days, before the sun goes down on the third day, otherwise bad things happen. Okay. Some bad fairy tale things yeah, happen. Sure, sure. <laughs> That's never really clear what yeah. would happen. But well, when the contract That's expires on the end of day three, we will repossess your home. Subsection nine yeah. of, of clause four <laughs> would be triggered, and article fifty, etc. And uh, such is the plot. And you know, she she lands. She hasn't got a voice, but she's got friends. We had Sebastian the crab, um, and we've got. <clears throat> 
We've got the fish founder, <laughs> founder, and it, herein lies the problem when, with founder the fish and, and taking something that was designed initially to be a cartoon and taking it into this sort of semi-live action. Is that I don't know if you've seen the face yes. of the fish. They're very narrow, <laughs> non-blinking, and unexpressive. Yeah. And crabs have very small <laughs> features, <laughs> like small eyes, barely. A, I don't know if crabs have mouths. It's like I, you know, I don't sure know. They do, yeah. they do, of course they do, but. Um, the cartoon, Sebastian, and, and, and they're really animated. They've got big eyes yeah, and all the comedy and all the drama is delivered with those big things. Yeah. And something is really lost when we cut to those <laughs> characters and I'm just looking at a fish. <laughs> Imagine like a really important exposition being just delivered. Back in the dentist's waiting room. <laughs> And so something really is lost there. They're also, I actually, I actually like the film, but I'm just sort of starting with some sure. comedy things. Um, I also still think Hollywood cinema is not quite nailed. Dialogue, drama, scenes underwater. Hmm. It's something about everything moving very slowly. No one really stands, everyone floats. So I, I think you know, what I realize is that how people stand and carry themselves has a lot of like, like dramatic weight yes, to how meaning, meaning and, and blocking. But if everyone's just sort of floating, <laughs> a, lot of the, a lot of scenes where like, pe like f groups of five people are talking just feel really flat. And, and uh, it's, it's, you see, it's at the worst, it's Aquaman. I think Avatar, Way of the Water, again, boring film, but like the tech of shooting yes. underwater, which they did which it because it's yeah. most expensive. They rediscovered this whole way of shooting underwater. It was actually done quite well because they were underwater. Yeah. That's probably like, okay. And then you've got Aquaman and like, this is kind of in the middle where right. it's sort was of Aquaman works, really bad? Really... I'm sorry. Uh, I've seen scenes and it's just like all of the energy in life just gets Go sucked on. out of the film. Um, I, I think it's I think it's really good fun. I oh, think yeah. it's a really uh, I think when the music comes in, it really is up. The, the whole film gets uplifted. I think Halle Bailey's absolutely phenomenal in the main role. And they they have lots of ways of actually giving the character a voice in the second half of the film through like an internal monologue, mm -hmm. which I kind of appreciated, not just from like give women a voice thing, but just to actually keep sort of you engage, you engage in a sort of like little musical interludes that come in there. Um, it did feel uh, it's two hours and fifteen minutes. And Ooh. I did feel uh, it did drag a bit. There's a lot of waffly dialogue. And I felt like, even though I don't know the Little Mermaid story that well, it felt like I was watching the extended edition of The Little Mermaid. Mm -hmm. We've got a couple of added songs in there. And I, I, I guessed when I was watching that this is Lin-Manuel Miranda's voice and song style. And then who do I see like in the third credit as a producer and music, whatever, is Lin-Manuel Miranda. If you find Lin-Manuel Miranda's uh, music style engaging, there's a real Lin-Manuel Miranda song, <laughs> which is basically just like the style of Hamilton and hip hop, but fairy under the tale, sea. under the sea <laughs> stuff. And a bit like this, this song, while fun and beautifully shot, kind of doesn't need to be in there. Um, that being said, when uh, we get to the final sequence and it all sort of, you know, comes to a close and it's all about sort of love and respect mm. for family, I have this wonderful, warm feeling in my heart going, oh, yes, Disney at its best. Okay. It's going to be a beautiful, happy, yes, it's a happy ending. Spoilers for a little moment. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful, happy doesn't, ending. Wait, it doesn't end with a drowning on the sea, like flapping. <laughs> <laughs> Some what like fisherman just what? clubbing yeah. her. yeah. Forty players, forty pieces, what is? <laughs> Sliced up in <laughs> sushi. Made to sushi and you come in at the end. Yeah. In the oh. oh, what a flight. Mm, mermaid sushi. So look, is it is it something I would ever rewatch? No. I think if you asked me we're gonna watch Little Mermaid, I would still put on the cartoon. Yeah. Given that most of our audience are 18 to 39, I would say for anyone in that age range, it's probably not essential viewing. But if you've got kids at the right age or a younger sibling at the right age, they're gonna be yeah. they're definitely going to enjoy it. The songs really save it. It's it's another fairly inoffensive but safe, but but but, but pleasant to enjoy that's Disney and, remake, and better. It's actually better than it looks. Instead, that you looked at it, and it was terrible three yeah. D. Yes, uh, too long, and actually, it still managed to relatively, in a broad sense, tie the bow and, and get me there. I really like. Um, uh, Melissa McCarthy as Ursula. Actually more menacing than comedic, considering uh -huh. Melissa McCarthy. And Ursula is, a, is kind of, in a good way, a pantomime villain, villain that you enjoy watching them have fun with it. Good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like they're, they're riling up the crowd and there's lots of winks. And I was like, yeah, like you, 
you're good and you're actually like quite there's times I thought if I was 25 years younger I'd be pretty scared oh, good. of what you're doing oh, good. which I think you always want that little did you hear, hint on the dark with Disney did you hear the rumour that Lizzo was meant to was like sort of no, rumoured to be I around didn't. that kind of thing oh, okay. that is I've not done any research on that fact please do not quote me okay. I, have, I haven't googled it but um, someone mentioned it I thought oh, that's an interesting idea but when you see him Melissa McCarthy Ursula perfect makes yeah. sense just, just like this is a fairy tale. I kind of think these kids' movies shouldn't really push over two hours. No. And when the dialogue does feel a bit waffly, and uh, I will say, there's a character oh, of the, the, pr- the prime, the, the prime minister or Sir Grimsby, who I actually really liked. Was a really warm presence yeah. as like an addition. But like, in general, I'm like, let's. Come on. How did the kids in your screening room engage with it? So this is always a good read. And I say this kind of at this yes. point because I went to see the Lego Movie Part Two. Okay. Which is not. The, it's the ADHD, lesser of the, the Lego. Yeah. And it was fine, but I, I remember in that, like, literally, it passed maybe the two-hour mark, and it was, like, the, a timer went off, and all the kids' heads, and they were like, yep, we're done with this. Fidget, 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 mm. fidget. I was like, oh, this is how you read the room. Yes. Interesting you say. I was going to try not to be grumpy old man about cinema, because I'm very aware, as I said earlier, I am the odd one out, yes. being a solo 28-year-old on a Sunday night, yes. going to a screening at a multiplex to watch a film. That being said, we had lots of kids walking up and down the stairs. I was actually in sort of front of the main block of seating, so it didn't really affect me. But we did have kids, toilet lots in and out, and then some kids sort of walking to the front. I wasn't really in a position to be annoyed about it, but if you were to use that as a metric for how engaged kids were, Mm. it's probably not the best. That being said, at 2 hours 15, kids got to pee, kids got to go run around. That's it. Kids got to go run around like a dog. Let them off the leash a bit. Let them off the leash. So and lots of I could hear lots of kids going, "Mummy, why is this if Oh yeah, but that's quite young, man. That's very young. I, I give. So I, I've come in with so little to. to uh, it's not yeah. Oppenheimer. Uh, the, 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 the dialogue is not lost on me. I know where this is going. Sure. It, we're just painting the color book a slightly different way. Uh, so yeah, that's that. Have you seen The Little Mermaid, the live-action remake? If you have, let us know your thoughts at hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. Do you agree with James? Do you disagree? Do you think it deserved to be in 3D? Did you see it in 3D? Did, it Did get you a know you were going to see it, it in 3D, 3D when it was in 3D? Did you, like, not realise and you just gone, that's why it was blurry? Yes. But maybe you were sat there thinking, I wish I could be in another screen <laughs> watching 2D. Or in one lesser dimension, <laughs> just normal film. So let us know your thoughts at hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. George, last week you reviewed Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse before we go beyond the yes. Spider-Verse. We and were into it. Now we, we're across it. Then we're yes. going to go beyond it. Then we'll be beyond it. Then we'll be further from it. <laughs> beyond? <laughs> Away from yeah, it. Yeah, too far from it. Then we'll just be done with it. <laughs> done with <laughs> done the Spider-Verse. <laughs> Even the right... Spider-Man, help me! The, no. writer, the writer's strike that is yeah. like, we're... Uh... <laughs> but anyway, as we ask you guys to do every week, so many of you wrote in with your amazing opinions to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. Just like Sam did, Sam writes in and says, hello, I hope you're both well. My name is Samuel and I'm from Wiltshire. Well, Sam, damn it, I should have called you Samuel. Oh, well, hello, be... Samuel. Hello, from Samuel Wiltshire. from Wiltshire. I recently came across your podcast and was genuinely impressed by your film knowledge and podcasting skills. Thank I'm you. I'm sure that you share my enthusiasm for Across the Spider-Verse as it is a truly fantastic film. The box office returns have been remarkable. Surpass- yeah. This sounds like a news. <laughs> the box office returns have been remarkable, <laughs> surpassing the previous film by a significant margin. It's wonderful to see such a high praise for a movie that feels so artistically driven and stylized. In contrast to that, annual MCU projects that can sometimes feel factory made compared mm. to the two Spider-Man yes, movies. that's a very good point. It's nothing factory made about the film. No. It feels, uh, yeah, uh, not that I've seen it. Uh, but in, crafted, <laughs> well crafted. It's yes. had, it's had a, if it's got a factory, it's a factory full of craftsmanship, like a, <laughs> yes. a Swiss clock factory. Like an old leather workshop of, yeah. like, uh, polish yeah. and, and, like, This scruffy. is Giuseppe. He's been working on this ah. film for five years. Yes. Like, all the, like, all the, the spectacles. <laughs> like, you, know, yes. you know, in Toy Story 2, yeah. he's got the layers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have been colouring in the red on Spider-Man's pants since 1947. <laughs> my father, my great great grandfather, <laughs> and his father, <laughs> and it's like on the front of the shop in Spider-Man S to 1706, <laughs> and all the portraits on the wall going through the ages, the, the, <laughs> the holding up the Spider-Man things. And now and we just, bring it. I bring my son into the workshop. And He's and just the like useless. The son's useless. Can't do anything. Just like Kevin Feige and Tom Holland waiting outside. Yeah. Come on, come on. What are they doing in there? Oh, we don't talk about the live action. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. 
In case you're not aware, the release date for the sequel is actually less than a year away, set yeah. for March 2024, rather than the previously speculated two years, exciting times ahead. Yeah, so I, I said, oh, it's in a couple of years' time. Then mm. it was correct, and some people said it's actually like eight tracks away. However, there are rumours uh-huh. circulating online that it will not meet that release date. Uh. For various reasons. I don't think it's affected by the writer's strike because it's already been written, but yeah. there's lots of hints that people are picking up on. For example... Hayley Seinfeld said that she recorded her dialogue for this one over mm. many years. And she was like, I haven't, she's like, I think she said she hasn't seen the script yet. So, oh. so it's like, mm, there may be trouble Ooh. ahead. Regarding your assessment of the ending, I respectfully disagree. Personally, I just, you're the, the thing is that like, good film, but it just like, it just stops and it's like, it's to one. be continued, yeah. Personally, it reminds me a lot of the conclusion of Back to the Future Part 2. I prefer when story, okay. It's another like, come on, we got another thing. And, uh, at the end of Part 2 of Back to the Future, they do yeah, it again. Uh, it's it's, it's it more, sub- more of a, here's what the next film's going to be than Part 1. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I don't remember that well. Uh, I prefer when stories are told at a good pace with room to breathe, even if it means spreading them across two films rather than cramming everything into one. Additionally, the closure of Gwen's arc when those three dreaded words were uttered left me quite satisfied, unlike many others. Now, here's a question for you. That's not a spoiler. Not a spoiler. Thank you for not... I sort of slowed in case yes. it was. Thank you, Samuel, for I, not that can't be a spoiler. Yeah. Now, here's a question for you. Do you see DC attempting to replicate the success of the Spider-Verse and creating their own stylized animated film? If so, which character would you like to see receive the Spider-Verse treatment? Looking forward to your thoughts on this. Best regards, Sam. I mean, I don't have a deep knowledge of DC characters enough Mm. to go, oh, maybe. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they're exploring the possibility of animation. Like we said last week, not DC, but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are going down that route. Well, DC releases animated Batman films all the time with the now late Kevin Conroy voicing Batman. They they come out and people who really love Batman really say that they're actually of really high quality. Mm. But uh, if you ask me like own stylized animated film, you know, we've got... The, the last uh, stragglers of the Snyderverse DC mm. films coming. We've got Flash, which we're going to talk about next week, and Aquaman 2. Oh, that's happening. That's, I think that's still happening. Oh. So, like, I think at this point, spinning off to other things when they've already got the Reeves yeah. Batman yeah, and the, yeah. the Todd Phillips Joker, I think they should not James Gunn stuff, confuse yeah. and span out. This is when they should yeah. stop refocus to one goal that's kind of where i think dc should be doing they need to literally stop collaborate and listen and go what are we doing isis brack with the band which is kind of weird that they've they've done this but they still have all these last like connections to this but like ben affleck is apparently in flash and aquaman no i can see that i have seen that in the trailer i think it's nice i like ben affleck sure moving on what does samuel enter and that's it he just says yeah like look forward to your reports on this best regards sam Next up, we have Will, friend of the show, Will, who's written a few times, uh, who says, Spider-Verse Mania. Hi, Hi, George and James. James and George, you decide. Will here, your friendly neighborhood camera trainee from Sittingbourne. Nice. Me and my friend saw Across the Spider-Verse on Saturday of its release weekend. Writing to you on the Thursday after, the film has still stayed with me. Nice. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with the Easter eggs. I'm obsessed with where the story could go. And I'm obsessed with the sheer creativity and imagination that went into this film. Mm. I totally agree with you. Did you know Hobie Brown, who's voiced by Daniel Kaluuya in the film, Spider-Punk and Hobie Brown's jacket was animated at different frame rates. Love it. Because he's like an anarchic character. Love that. And that the, the... I'm not going to say the next bit because I thought that was a surprise and I enjoyed it, so I'm not going to actually mention that. And it's perfect uh, use of... That's something that's not possible to do, really. I'm sure you can in live action. You can't record different things yes. at different frame rates and present them as such. I'm sure you can. But it's a wonderful example of, like, yeah, with we're difficulty. animated. What can we do that only we can do to make our thing extra cool and, and give us a reason for why we're animated? I love it. But an interesting thing I'm hearing is that Gwen Stacy is being theorised as transgender. I didn't pick up on this in my viewing, mostly because her world was so beautiful and artistic, but the colours of her universe reflect the colours in the transgender flag by the time she talks to so-and-so uh, at the end of the movie, blah, blah, blah. Love to get your thoughts on this. Uh, and I, I will, you've, you asked another question, but I will just answer that having seen it. Um, I saw this theory online. And I thought it's, it was, it's, it's, it's theorised, it's not... It's a theory. Right. It's not, and that's the thing, it's like... The, uh, it's an interesting... Th- like, if Gwen Stacy was a transgender character, great. But I would love the film to be open about that, right? Yeah. But the thing is, at least from my perspective, when I was watching it, there is no suggestion or evidence in the film to suggest that Gwen Stacy is a transgender character. And therefore not really mattering. So so it's so so this whole thing about oh, but the colours of her costume I find very uh, a little bit cynical and quite surface level treatment. And I on the one hand I'm thinking, look, guys, the, the film does not posit that in any in any way. Um and if it did, 
I would want the film to come out and be very open about it. Just be like, this is a chance yeah. transgender character. Don't like hide it in colors. Yeah. I think it's just a theory. I part of me got very, very cynical and I was like, has the film studio kind of leaked this theory out to kind of um, generate conversation around it, which would be very cynical because it's like you don't have the guts to put that in your film, but you want people mm. to talk about it anyway. I think it's a little bit surface level to be like, oh, the colors in someone's thing relate to this and this therefore must be true yeah it's like well hang yeah. on what, do you, what does like does, does that mean spider spider-man's what red and black you know i mean what kind of horrible <laughs> flags can you draw from that so uh i i i don't i don't i think it's a a, a surface level uh theory that is you know but then also if it doesn't really affect well it's just not there it's, it's completely post-rationalized it's just not there there's no it's like i'd love it if that was yeah that'd be great but there's, yeah. there's no evidence to support that i'm afraid yeah uh moving Sorry, on because just just separately there's a big call for characters in hollywood to be part of the lgbtq community by happenstance and irrelevance not that like that becomes a defining part mm. of that character and, yeah and of we course. Know typically that ends in typically yeah. gay characters ending up tragically in films we need yeah, characters yeah. to just be part of the LGBT yeah. community and that's all. And but it's still just be characters. But in this, it's just... Gwen it's is just, just, just not a transgender character. Right. Controversial opinion. This film proved Spider-Man is the best comic book character ever created. Mm -hmm. The fact that there can be this many variants of the same character that are all distinctive and is something truly to big to behold... Uh, is truly something to behold. Mm. Also, when so-and-so came on the screen and got his text box, I squeaked something because the actor's name is something because I love something's universe so much but imagine how annoyed something was when he finds out that there were something in something so i know there's something you're talking about and it is really cool <laughs> I, I have no idea what any of that means but i'm just going like yes and also i think yeah. some of it's vaguely spoilerific but um thank you will for your email another email writing in about spider-man across the spider-verse was from holly who writes in hypop kitchen no names That's we're cool. an entity we're a an company entity. we're a brand we're a, name. a corporation Let's start by saying love the pod. I wanted to share a couple of Thank thoughts you. with you that I hope you'll appreciate while trying to be quick. Firstly, I had my first solo cinema experience this week, inspired by you both, to see Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And I have to say, I agree with George completely. Great, beautiful film, but in all caps, what was that lack of ending? Exclamation mark. Yeah. Wish I'd known it had been a part one going into it. I felt a bit cheated and empty at the end. Mm. Quick tale from my experience. I've been listening to your episodes in a completely random order. So I have no idea how long ago the episode was released where James told the story of the hourly beeping watch in the cinema. Mm. And this, having never heard of such a thing in the cinema, I couldn't believe the day after listening, this happened to me. Sitting there enjoying Spider-Man when 15 minutes in the beep of the watch of the person next to me began. I must say, I sort of enjoyed knowing how long into the film I was with the hour, with the, on the hour <laughs> yeah. beeps. Uh, sorry for the long message. I'll end with a quick question. Oh, sorry, yeah, that beeping is like people who are digital yeah. watches yeah. who have it beep on the hour every hour, which I don't know why you need to know the hour when it hits. You're not that, your life is not that important. You are not military. And if you are military, that blow your cover. Yeah. Da dead. <laughs> beep. You know those ads where they sneak up on like the, yeah. the cartels? It's just about, yeah. That's not a state of mind. Yeah. Uh, sorry for the long message. I'll end with a quick question. If you could only watch three films and one TV show for the rest of your life, what would they be? For me, it would have to be Back to the Future Part 2, another mention in this episode. Hmm. Coda, The Help, and The Handmaid's Tale for TV. Would love to know your thoughts on these films and what your choices would be. Love the podcast, the spark to love a film again, and how become determined to explore more genres and be more brave with film cho film choices sorry for the long email thanks holly sent from my laptop at work oh love the uh the brazenness of that yes first of all also I'd love, holly i'd love to know what you how you found your solo experience as, yeah. a, as an attendee film aside how did you feel going as a solo spectator it sounds positive i think i think it, yeah i yeah. bet it sounds of that email but I, I think it is a thing great it, it is scary when you do it for the first time yeah you feel odd you feel odd you feel like you have no friends and then actually you realize you don't need them. <laughs> you, well, you, yeah, you do. And you're yeah. like, oh, only uh, you go and you, and you feel confident. You come out, you think I'm not insecure about my own company. No, I can survive perfectly well. And there's, and there's something more to be said about uh, watching a film and not immediately discussing it afterwards and having it sit with you yes. and yeah, just sort really of germinate nice. inside and, and dwell. So Holly's um, question of, yeah. So I mean, you, oh, I, sorry about the ending. Yeah, we, we, we got to part that. one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, three films and one TV show for the rest of your life. <laughs> Uh, tempting just to go before sunrise, before sunset, before midnight. <laughs> uh, TV show. Tempting to say the Lord of the Rings trilogy. But yeah. <laughs> um, TV show, I, I immediately think, because if you're only watching one, you're basically destroying your enjoyment of TV. I think you have to go for your favorite sitcom. 
like Friends, because I'd go Seinfeld. No, but I'm just thinking if you did, if you something long yeah. and long running, because because you're 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 not watching TV yeah. anymore. You just have a thing yeah. that is entertaining to you. Yeah. You don't have to watch it all through the year, but like when you do watch it, it's funny every year. So the reason I said Friends is because it's long enough and sustains yeah. itself long enough that you can you know you reset, reset it. it. Yeah, I'm making my way through it again at the moment. Nice. I will probably have thoughts when we. We can loop back. We can loop back because when we we started earlier, we were talking about Seinfeld with a little reference to Friends. Yeah, and now I think we can loop back to Friends with a little reference to Seinfeld. (laughs) Love it, can't wait. For me, I would, I maybe off the top of my head, I probably would say the Before trilogy. But uh, if I had to, I would go maybe Before Sunset, then the Prestige, and maybe. God, would be that last one. Do you think picking a comedy in there is a bad idea because it would stop being funny? Uh, I think I wouldn't pick something that made me laugh. I'd pick something that made me feel good, maybe Mm. in my soul. So maybe it's something that's heartwarming. Oh, really? Like that's a sort nice. of a musical that's oh. charming and like it's sort of it's not a Christmas film, but it's got that like oh, I could cozy watch it yeah. every year. Die I, Hard, you could sort of say, but you're I would sick of it. I would probably choose The Apartment as well, which is one of my favourite films, and that's mm. got uh, a nice cozy Christmasness about it, but it has some darkness to it. Mm. Um, weirdly, a voice in the back of my head just said Die Hard, and I was like, I just said it, Die Hard. Did you just say yeah, it? Yeah, I said it. Like, 10 are you the voice ago. in my head? I suggested it to you. Sorry, it's because yeah. I was. <laughs> naming these films and then yeah so the next film you'd <laughs> so I think uh, that's a that's a rough assemblage but then would you also want to find a film that really eludes you and every time you watch it you like like I like, you know I just watched Mulholland Drive and I was mm. like I need to see this a million different times and people yeah. smarter than me have said that every time you watch it you, it reveals something different to you yeah and, uh, that's what I'd feel like watching but then it. would you enjoy do you enjoy the process of watching it I, I agree that maybe watching a film that really takes you on a journey an mm. epic mm. like say if you watch, took Interstellar you know the mm. beginning of that film to the end of that film would you've really run, gone through it yeah would, it, would, the, would the highs of that film not hit because you've seen it so many times I think you'd be able to understand the ending yeah at last really go through oh, well, but any do, doing any of these is, is completely killing yes your entire enjoyment of films forever yeah so you kind of have to just pick on some it's like desert island films i know i know but in in, in, a, in this scenario it's more mm. it's you, they age gracefully and you mature with the film i put spider-man one and two because in my youth i basically did just rewatch them endlessly and yeah. still love them and I think TV series. I don't know. I'm Fifty First Dates is a comedy because it has like this funny thing of like repetition. I've seen it. You've not seen Fifty First Dates. You've not seen. <laughs> you've, not seen you've not seen. Uh, no. Oh, I, you should I, watch Fifty First Dates. I know. I don't know why that one eluded me. I, based on no knowledge, reckon that has some humour that would not be acceptable today. I think. I, I do not remember. I the think film well current at all. Adam Sandler films have <laughs> humour that, not, that's not acceptable today, and I don't mean that it's sometimes offensive. I mean that it's just sometimes not very good. Yeah. Stick to the Safdie Brothers films, yeah. Adam. Please. Maybe Christmas like Notting Hill. Yeah, you could do not a Christmassy one, but I know what you mean. No, but like but so so that, that element of I could rewatch this every year and it's cozy. I to could me. probably watch The Towns of Mr. Ripley every year Ooh, because yes. that ha- this, the plot of that is so well written and so twisty and turning. Forget lots of it. As you'd well. enjoy running your fingers mm. along the plot like mm. a, like a like a rosary bead. An impossible question. An impossible question, which we have tried to answer. Thank you very much for your question. And lastly, on Spider Man, we have this email from Liliana, who says this. Hi guys, my name is Lil. I'm from Venezuela in South America, but I'm living in Costa del Dorset, aka Bournemouth, for the last nine years. Quite the, quite the change. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, hello to our first correspondence from a, a Latin America listener. Yes. So thank you very much, uh, Liliana. Hello to you. I discovered your podcast earlier this year and you've become part of my work commute to London once a week. Nice. Emoji. There's quite a few emojis in this. I remember appreciating it. I'm a big superheroes fan and I'm a big fan of big animated movies. So as you can imagine, Spider-Verse, Spider-Verse, the the Spider-Verse universe. I see why you struggled with that. Really appeals to me. I went to see the film on the day it came out and I absolutely loved it. The animation is incredible. The soundtrack is brilliant and the way they have the Spider-Man story is quite innovative in my opinion. I totally agree. I do have one thing to say about it. Miles Morales' mum constantly talks to him in Spanish, which I absolutely Mm -hmm. love as a Spanish speaker, but her Spanish is, well, a bit poor on certain occasions. And the dialogue does have have some grammatical errors. Really? Yeah, I understand the film is made for English-speaking audiences. However, I just think that a huge company like Sony could invest a little more of their massive budget to get a native Spanish speaker to check the script and to be present in the recording to make sure the dialogue sounds natural and native. I'm going to pause at this juncture to see if the actress who reads those lines is herself. You'd also think, considering the number of people that work on that, 
show that someone would go, guys, I just want to flag this is not. I've just put this correct. through Google Translate and it doesn't actually. Uh, so, well. Yeah, or even just someone who like what does any part of that job who speaks Spanish would go, do we know that's not correct? Well, or they don't have a culture where they can actually correct, correct them. It must have been chosen to be that way. So, uh, the mother, Rio uh, Morales, is, is voiced by uh, Lauren Velez, who is from Puerto Rico, so is a, oh. a Spanish speaker. Um, but I agree, Spanish speaker regardless, if she's working with the poorly translated Spanish yeah. script, perhaps, that, that's a really interesting point. Yeah. Is there, as an outsider, could I be... Is there perhaps a difference between... I know there are differences between South American Spanish yeah. and what you call Castilian Spanish from Spain. And perhaps maybe that is some of the, in the same way that if we were to listen to like just pure American dialogue, sometimes we would go, well, that's not technically proper English. That's not, yeah. that's not, that's grammatically correct to British English the standards, dialogue, but, but, to, not, yeah. but not to American English standards. Interesting question. Anyway, uh, Liliana goes on to say, I love that the film and music industries are open to including Latin American culture in their films mm-hmm. slash songs. And I know most people won't even notice slash care, but this is really a pet peeve of mine. Other examples are the most recent Suicide Squad films where they are supposed to be in an island in the Caribbean and are all natives, yet have very different accents in Spanish. And then she yeah. follows with three upside-down smiley faces, which yeah. I think is its own expression, which yeah. is great. Also, the first season of Narcos, where the person who plays Pablo Escobar, yeah, Vag- uh, Wagner Mora, is Brazilian. He had to teach himself Spanish for that role, actually. Right. Um, and although his Spanish is very good, you can 100% tell that it's not his first language. Oh. I've had this discussion with my boyfriend, who's English, many times, and I can only explain it as, how would you feel if in Legend, the Tom Hardy film, the main character was played by Antonio Banderas? <laughs> <laughs> or in Darkest Hour, um, Churchill play- was played by a foreign actor instead of Gary Oldman? Any I'm coming in for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd like to see it. Yeah, that's something completely lost on us, but for other people would really ruin yes. the immersion, yeah. Anyway, she says, sorry for the long email and the rant. I just wanted to give you my opinion. Here your thoughts as English speakers, English speaker films. Uh, well, your grammar, I'm afraid, goes a little <laughs> off tangent, but I would say I think as English speaking film connoisseurs. Yeah. I love your podcast, guys. Keep up the good work. Waving emoji. We wave back. Yeah. Um, no, that's a clap emoji. It's a clap, not a wave. I will wave anyway. <laughs> no, I will like clap. The, like the, from the green of the balcony. <laughs> P.S. I really enjoyed the tea discussion the other day and I've taken some of George's tips on how to make the perfect cup of tea. Nice. Yes, I hope you're enjoying your brew. Uh, Lil, Liliana, that is a really lovely uh, email from you. One of the only films I know of that was like, no, no, we're just going to be English is uh, Valkyrie with Tom Cruise. Yes. <laughs> is it yeah, German? Yeah, yeah, everyone's German, but... Everyone's no, but we've got American English people. Tom Cruise. We're yeah. not. We're not going to ask him to do that. We're, he's going to speak German for twelve seconds in yeah. the opening scene, just so in case yeah. you don't, in case you're confused. And then the spell's <laughs> going to take hold. And then the magic of cinema. Um, Lovely. All right. This next one is from Thomas, who writes in and says, "Well, his subject is Thomas from Sydney. Great. There you go. An Aussie down listener. under. Hi, boys. Good day." Firstly, I wanted to express what a treat your podcast is every Thursday morning, bracket, time zones, etc. Yep. The way that you mix proper critical analysis alongside the authentic, did I enjoy this, is a style that is sorely <laughs> missing in the world where every man and his dog seems to have a podcast about film. Firstly, thank you, thank to- you for Thank you very much. Firstly, I want to give a shout out to your impressions. They're always spot on first go or maybe the result of really good editing and make it feel like a conversation among mates. That is what we want it to feel Thank you very much. So when I was younger, I loved, in all caps, going to the movies in inverted commas. The popcorn, the ads, and the type of film really all played into my experience at the cinema to this day. I have distinct memories of sitting in my seat with a frozen Coke watching Space Jam and to this day won't hear a bad word about that film. Brackets, the original. Yes. When I turned 16... I, tr- I, oh, I tried to watch the second one on a plane, and again, it was I was it, like, yeah. new, thank you. Mm-hmm. When I turned 16, I rented The Shining, and watched that fil- And watching that film, for me, that was a distinct turning point between going to the movies and watching films. Mm-hmm. And he did those both. Like, what, yeah. Uh, I suddenly appreciated the attention to detail, story, cinematography, and artistry in a way that had never been a part of my movie-going experience before. So I'm wondering if either of you have had this experience of films could be more than just pure entertainment, and if so, which films crystallized this for you? Keep up the great work, lads. Thomas. Like a turning point. We've had, I think we've had kind of this before, like had touchstone had movies, before. the moment that we saw the light and you were like, whoa. Yeah. I think I've, 
I think I it wasn't as well as an at a cinema, but I mentioned watching uh, one of my favorite films, Steve McQueen's Shame, really young and being like, well, younger than I should have really seen it. Being like, oh my god, this is like really. I would never really watch a film like this. I find it really smart and difficult and challenging. Mm. It encouraged me to like seek out challenge in my in cinema. Mm. Um, that was only like twenty. I think that film came out twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. <laughs> I don't know what. If you could hear that, it was like music, but yeah, it was music. fantastic. Uh, I um, think. Oh, sorry. I, and then I remember watching films in my youth, but then looking at them later with a completely new lens and realizing how brilliant they are, like Jurassic Park One, mm. and being like, actually, this isn't just like a B movie. There's so many smart and intricate things going on that make mm. this such a brilliant storytelling film. You know, I think it's cli- it's cliche, but I do remember watching like Shawshank. Very young, like, yeah. not very young. I'd say twelve, and I remember thinking, "Whoa, wow, that's got a lot." It is, as we've discussed, the very welcome entry into the wider. We had a real discussion about it. Yeah, and I think, I think that, I think that, it, I, I, that is a that is a great film to kind of make you understand that films are capable of having themes and sub themes mm. and different characters. It's your friends, uni flatmates' favorite film. It's no, I felt that was like Scarface or Scarface right. Pop Kitchen. It's, it's, it's everyone's second favorite film, I think, <laughs> yeah. isn't it, Shawshank? Well, it's, I, we can't do this. We again. can't go this we again. Can't do because this. I, I, I hate doing it because it makes it sound like we're insulting it. But no, I like Shawshank. It's just yeah, we, um, so I think I think they're really. I don't know if I ever had like a like a moment where where I was converted. I think it happens slowly. I think well, for me, when I always think about, it, I think we've talked about this in the show before, but like it was more like when I was eight nine watching those shows on channel four or five which was like a hundred best movies a hundred best movie villains hosted by alex Zane. and you yeah and it would be like <laughs> you just show lots of clips of the movie yeah. probably too many lots of spoilers mm. and it would cut to you know the contemporary comedians of the time mm. being like yeah things about that movie i saw and i was scared stiff and yeah. then we cut to like gervais being like i saw it mad yeah whatever and then yeah. and then uh and then Jonathan go- ross but i'm also great about yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you're <laughs> also great about that yeah, yeah. I, I, and you never forget that yeah. <laughs> then jimmy carr would come on and say anyway we get like kind of like so and you're watching that at like nine and you're like i'm like mainline cinema because mm. i've just seen a trailer basically for the whole it's basically what the ending of babylon wanted to be mm. and i was like whoa so i that's more the kind of allure to it and like i t- said last week i was very much drawn in mm. by the shining i remember watching uh gladiator at like a friend's birthday party. And yeah. it was like, oh, like you've got to see Gladiator. Like there's so many cool fight scenes, but it's also like really emotional. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's quite deep, bro. It's like, you know, like you got all you like from like your, your Spider-Mans and your Marvels, but actually like it's it's a beautiful epic and yeah. like his family died. Yeah, I was put off. And it's such a huge That's spectacle. why I was um, put off Gladiator for a while because it was what every guy at school would talk about before they oh, went to play a game of like so rugby or Gladiator. something. Oh, I was yeah. like, oh yeah. See Gladiator? Yeah. Oh, maybe so. I actually cried. Yeah, and it's like yeah. father to my mother. To they were just quotes yeah. around. I'm like, yeah. Have you seen Russell Crowe talk about it? How he thought the script was absolute dog shit. Really? Yeah, and he's like, I, I have, to, I had this rule where like, I just, I didn't want to say dialogue if I really didn't believe it. And so like him and Rid- Ridley Scott was like, I completely agree. And Rid- and he was like, Russell Crowe was like, this script is shit. There's nothing here. It's all just spectacle. And then they they made this deal where they were like they wouldn't they if the dialogue wasn't real they would stop the entire production you know how many extras are yeah, in that yeah, film yeah. and literally just like sit with the script until it was right and the result was Gladiator which was very hard thank goodness famous. yeah but you know like on paper I'm not sure Gladiator like jumps off the page no it's as it's a concept the, it's, it's, it's the spectacle that it yeah the spectacle and I think the performance from Russell Crowe sure well. and we'll end today's emails with one question from Nick he says good day boys although not I think Nick's emailed before and he's used that entry and he's not Australian yeah. but hey good day to yeah. you second time. Call a multiple time listener. Been loving what you do with the pod, and I've managed to get a few friends listening in. Yes, that is the I good like stuff. That. Yes, welcome. The if word. you are Nick's friends, a welcome, Nick's a, friends, a, a welcome point. Squeeze in at the back. There's a couple yes, of yes, s- come in. seats free. Come in. My friend and I, who also listen, think we are a bit like the both of you, and we mm-hmm. need to settle a multi year argument for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, James, you ready for this? Okay. Which 2007 Best Picture nominee mm-hmm. is better? Mm-hmm. There will be blood. Or no country for old men. Love everything you do, mm. and you guys got me through working a terrible job and made life better. Oh, that's thanks again, sweet. Nick. That is amazing. Oh my! I hope sent from my BlackBerry Pearl. 
I, I, that must be it. R. It is the Blackberry <laughs> Pearl. Jack Sparrow can send 12 BBMs a minute. Um, uh, sorry. Uh, the curse of the Blackberry Pearl. The Blackberry Pearl. Uh, yeah. Was, yeah. Everyone was BBMing. Is it BBMs? Is BBM is what it's called? Blackberry? Yeah, BBM. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everyone, you've been in a classroom. Sirens will pop up all over the place. Oh, gosh. Um, Nick, uh, I'm sorry to hear that you had a difficult job and life was tough. I hope you're feeling better now. This is always here. Safe space. Come join. There will be. I, mean, I feel like we've covered these films a little bit. They are. They, they, they are in the Venn diagram in my mind. Guys, if you didn't know, George rewatched There Will Be Blood a few months ago and did like a, a huge thing on why it's a masterpiece and why it still works and what your fourth or fifth viewing of that yeah. film. So yeah, please fourth. go and uh, ch check that out for our opinions. And then we covered a bit of No Country for Old Men when we did great movie openings, great. which is yes. actually our no, highest. No. Yes, yes, sorry, it's our highest performing audio episode. Sorry, people. To for some, I think we should probably do a follow up to that because people loved it so much. I'm but just going to be the pedant and say, I even though the opening of that film is really great, I actually think it was a great movie scenes because they talked about the oh, gas station. Scene. Yes, you're right. But you're right. You're right. You're right it right. is tough because we have said that these films are kind of uh, they overlap because they've got. They're set in Texas. Mm. Uh, no, 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 no. they shot in the same state? Were they, uh, Is that it? They could have been by the looks of it. Sorry, I, think I don't think. I don't think there will be blood shot. In, it's set in Texas. It's, it's California. That's the no, whole place. Yeah. It's like, but, but they look. They've got the same sort of look, and they're and they're very yeah. male, masculine films that are violent. Yeah, strong, strong, uh, sort of slightly, very overly dramatic male performances yes. at the core and there's lots of ruthlessness and not a lot of emotional heart um it's a okay it's a tough question mm. we know what i think about there will be blood mm. no country for old men i think is a fan is a fantastic film yeah it is also the film that i've mentioned this before in i have a lot of friends who are into film like you and me yeah and a lot of them i studied film with at university and across all of our very very different opinions mm. No Country for Old Men was the one film that we could all agree on. Yes, I remember you saying, yeah. So, and that's the one that won Best Picture. I think I, if you asked me to rewatch one right now, because of, I think, the discussion that mm -hmm. we had and reminding me how special that film is and how much I think there is you can rediscover on another viewing. Yeah. No, again, I love No Country for Old Men, but I'd probably choose There Will Be Blood yeah. based on my mood. I think There Will Be Blood just has the edge for me because it is a personal favourite. And when I look at There Will Be Blood, it doesn't, I think I said this before in my review, it doesn't behave like a normal film. It looks like a normal film. Mm. It has the script, you're gonna, it has the kind of blueprint of a normal film. But when you watch it, it's so much more mercurial. And really impressed on you. No Country for Old Men is like the best execution yeah. of that type of story. Mm. It doesn't make me think it's doing anything. It's not like it, it, it does new things in the way it tells that story, but it's, it's just, yeah. I think I'd just give it to There Will Be Blood. But Either way, no, you're I mean, in very safe hands. You're safe hands. Hands. You're splitting if you, if hairs. You're, if you're having a fight on movie night, I would not be annoyed if one uh, was picked over the other. Nick, thank you very much for that question. That concludes our emails today. But just so you know, guys, we do have a lot of emails, as we always say every week. But this week, we will be putting out some bonus content as we do. Check out last week, we did our talk about succession mm. and the irishman this week james is going to be talking about batman 1989 yes. ahead of the release of the flash and in that episode we will also try and do some emails so stay tuned so james we bring ourselves to the end of the episode with some games as we do every week Got a couple of miscellaneous games for you yeah the first one i think is relatively easy with a dash of fiendishness thrown in okay are you ready, James, yeah, for yeah. our first game of today? Okay. <clears throat> James, can you name the seven actors who have played Batman in a live-action movie? Go. Christian Bale. Yes. Ben Affleck. Michael Keaton. Adam West. Uh, is Adam West do TV? No, Adam West is correct. Um, Val Kilmer. Um, Adam West, so I count that as five. And then in a live-action movie... George Clooney. Yes. And then who is the last Batman? Is it a weird one that I've not... You're running out of time and yeah. it's a really obvious who one, is James. La... Re... Who was the last Oh, Robert one... Pattinson. There you Jeez. go. Oh, well God, done. I really need to get yeah. that. I did basically... Yeah. Well done. I didn't think you'd get Adam West. And yeah, I, 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 I thought Adam West never did a feature film. No, he did, yeah. He did Batman the movie in 1966, oh, okay. It's interesting you say that because I was thinking about all the Batmans... And the, it, it, the bonus content that's coming yes. up on Friday, yes. So, it's, so it's I knew Michael mind. Keaton you'd get. 
And I, yes. I figured, yeah, the bales and stuff. I thought you'd yeah, get pants weirdly, so much Manson, earlier. I just, it's, it's the, 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 the closeness bias. And actually, it was too A lot obvious. of people I've done this game with didn't know George Clooney played Batman. Yeah. He's pretty much scrubbed a lot, from his record. I agree. A lot of people forget he did. And Val Kilmer, actually. But I yeah. think also, because Val Kilmer's retired I, I now. Think, so. uh, when we were young, at the age where Batman toys would have been a thing, Val Kilmer Batman was sort of quite prominent. forever, I watched a yeah. lot when I was a kid. Jim Carrey's Riddler, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Well done on that one. I thought Thank you. you. I thought, well done, yeah, you, I did, you. You, you did very well. Whew. Okay, I'm going to give you... I'm going to ask you to guess 10 of these things because if there is a shortcut you could do, which I thought that if you do the shortcut, you could easily eat up half of the numbers, and I want to make it a bit harder for you, okay? Okay. So I'm going to ask you, James. Can you get my timer? Mm-hmm. Did you guys know that George Clooney did a Batman directed by George Schumacher? It's the famous Batnipple one. It, should yes. have, it was technically the sequel to Batman Forever. Google the Batman and Robin suits and stare at the nipples and wonder what were they thinking. James, in 30 seconds, yeah. can you name 10 movie robots, the actual names of the robots? Okay, yeah. Go. Sunny from iRobot. Mm -hmm. C-3PO. Yes. R2-D2. Yes. R4, who's Obi-Wan's one in like one of them. Niche, but I'll take it. Um, we have got um, robots. Uh, uh, Hal from yeah. 2001. Yes. We've got, um, oh, Tars. Yes, and well done. the other one from that film. Interstellar. Yes, from Interstellar. Uh, Five seconds. Oh, my God. So many robots. Oh, no, I've got, no, got time. Well, Good question. I like that. Okay. That so many robots. That credit goes out to Maya from New Jersey, nice. who, who I met this week and who told me that it was a good game. That's a good one. So I was surprised that the, the shortcut I thought you were going to take yeah. was with all the Star Wars ones. You didn't say yeah. BBA. You could no, have done. Yeah. Um, but you also didn't mention I would have accepted the Terminator. I would have yes. accepted Roy Batty from Blade Runner. Yes. I would have accepted um, the name. Oh, the uh, the name of the uh, from the android from Alien. The, the, oh, the, the God, Ian Holm one. Bishop from could, Aliens. Could I have said the the actor who played it is like? You know, I probably I could no, I wouldn't have accepted <laughs> yeah. that. But Bishop <laughs> from Aliens, obviously, I would have yeah. accepted that. I'm impressed that you knew Sunny. That was the name of the robot yeah. from iRobot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well done. Oh, it was oh, hard. Yeah. You got, I mean, that that's hard because there are so many options to go down. Exactly, it's overwhelmed. But yes, I like that. My girlfriend like said that. rocket, and I said, as in the cyborg. raccoon. No, he's not even a cyborg. He's just he's just a he's yeah. Just, no, he's, he's an engineer. He's an enhanced being. Yeah, he's yeah. still. More I, I don't think you tissue. could accept Darth Vader with by that nope, logic. I won't. But you could have. All, I would have accepted all the Terminators if you'd given me. Yes, the Terminator would have accepted once, but then I would have liked the model numbers. Ter, uh, the T the T one thousand is like a robot with skin. Yes. Whereas the cyborgs traditionally are like humans that have been augmented, right? Uh, yes, although I would have accepted most of those. What is the name of the second Terminator? The one with the liquid metal one. T one thousand is Arnie. Is, uh, no, I think the T1000 is the liquid metal one. I think the T800... Is, oh, I think it's an eight. Yeah, T, T8000? Terminator T800? robot name. Some Terminator fan is streaming out. Yeah, so uh, the character referred to is the T800. T800 is the first Terminator. Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, God. This has got niche. Very we're, we're messing with time here. <laughs> T800 is Arnie. Right. And the rest the of them... One, yeah. And then you've got the T850 in... Is it Dark Fate? No one counts those ones. Which we can, uh, yeah, no, so, I mean the first two, the only good Terminator ones. It's T-1000 is the, the, is the liquid metal, you got the right? T-3, T-1000 is Terminator 2. Right, that's all I need. you that's got T-3, need. Th yeah, oh my God, it just goes, and it's like timelines and splintering. Well done. done. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you one more game, James. One more. In 30 seconds, name seven films with food in the title. Go. Ratatouille. Correct. Um... <laughs> Oh, come on. There's loads. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Um, food in the title. Um, <laughs> I've really got <laughs> Josh. <laughs> I've got time. <laughs> you got zero. Pineapple Express. Silence of the Lambs. Chicken run, big fish. Big fish, yeah. With the fish, uh, there must be other fish ones. Shark tail? No. Who's <laughs> <laughs> eating the shark? Sorry. I, uh, I mean, uh, Sorry, uh, uh, <laughs> Crocodile Dundee, yeah. Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> sure, if you want to eat yeah, all the endangered species, teacher. <laughs>
Licorice pizza, could have been two. Mystic pizza, hamburger hill, American pie. American pie. So you got ratatouille. You got ratatouille. Well done. Of course you could get ratatouille. It's um, the food film. There's also. I, I was thinking of food films, but not with food in the. So title. you were thinking Eat, Pray, Love. Yeah, like I had that, and I oh, had um, no. I had the other one with um, a chef, a chef. <laughs> You'd watch a chef. You'd think of chef. chef. I was like, it's food loud. What food is he met? Shit. I think that I think that's, seven. You could, that many? I think you could have got. I think when I, I did. I think them that's harder than you come across. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. What did them earlier with the internet and infinite amount? No, time. with with friends in a car. Okay. So I'm gonna do uh, films. With now, would you have accepted things like Chicken Run? Because yeah. it's chicken. Uh, I know what you mean, but I can't. That's the, but my, my level. What about the vegetarians in the audience? You know, films with food in the title. Here we go, James. Again, it's going. Oh, chocolat. Yes. Yeah. Chocolate. Fried green tomatoes. Never seen it. Right. Uh, good, bo- good, <clears throat> good burger. Uh, the peanut butter falcon. Green eggs and ham. That is not a <laughs> film. Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Yes. Very good. There you go. So Very I think you good. could have made seven. I think that's harder than, than you, you've had it come across. That's what I'm saying. Well, that's all we had time for with the Games Wise today. Did you do better than James in those games? Probably. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> probably. Um, don't forget to see, see, seek out these games on uh, TikTok and Instagram and uh, like them. And James, send us home with your Guys, usual thank spiel. you so much for listening to this episode of Pop Kitchen. Don't forget, we post new episodes of this show every single Wednesday, or if you're down in Oz, Thursday morning. And also, don't forget to look out for our bonus content. We've got yes, lots guys. more bonus content. And that will feature this week James's take on The Batman 1989, Michael Keaton's first take on the role. She ever dance with the devil in the is that from that movie oh yeah great um (laughs) and that will also feature some more emails as well as ever guys please continue to like subscribe follow rate share Mm. hit us up all that kind of stuff thank you so much you left a nice review on apple if you listen on apple those are really kind tell a friend tell more it keeps us going tell your friends friends. the show is growing welcome new customers thank you for letting us welcome new listeners listeners (laughs) listeners uh thank you very much for letting us be a part of your week we enjoy you being a part of ours and as ever, the sirens are on our end. Yes. See you next week. Flash next week. Exciting times. Flash. Fast times ah. with the flash. flash. No. <laughs> Wave goodbye, James. Wave goodbye uh, to the listeners. Hold it for a long time. Till the cheeks start to ache. Da-dum. Do a button. <laughs> you just, well, just undid a button. It was goes, already open. No, no, I think no, we're no, ready no, to go. No, the camera will attest. My button was already done. I went and I went. Okay, I think I'm for anyone listening, it is hot. It, I haven't started yet. Hot. I was going to start with a line. This isn't the, the line. This is the beginning. <sighs> right. I'm going to leave this in now. No, <laughs> no, you're not going to leave it in because I was going to comment that I now have to pretend like just oh.